Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast on a mission to inspire a world where food makes us better. How did you enjoy our gut health episode yesterday, guys? If you didn't listen to that one yet, please do, because as you learn in this episode, our gut health is our whole body health. It affects every aspect of our health. And we only now start to understand the complexity of our gut microbiome, of all the trillions of organisms that live there, that outnumber our human cells, that are so diverse and that are so unique, like our fingerprints. Our gut microbiome is maybe even more unique than our fingerprints. And changes in that microbiome that can be affected by our diet, of course, but also by, by our lifestyle. So changes to that microbiome will affect every single aspect of your health and well-being, how much energy you have, how much nutrients you absorb from your foods, how much happiness and well-being you experience in your life, they are that powerful, those bugs in our gut, about two kilos or four pounds of them. So we talked about the basics of supporting our gut health briefly yesterday. But today and for the rest of the week, and I'm also reading a fascinating book about fungi in our gut and how those creatures are also quite important for our gut health, not just our gut bacteria. So that book is going to be next week. This week we are talking in detail. So it's really solid in your head, guys. So you really know how to practice those. Uh, we are talking in details till the end of this week about different foods and eating practices that help us to improve our gut health and improve our overall health through it and uh, also to maintain a healthy gut once you have it so you never experience a lot of trouble with your gut. We will be talking about resistant starch, what it is, why it matters, how it works and where we can eat it. Uh, I'll share with you some of my best, uh, most favorite uh, foods, the best, the simplest way uh, ways of eating that resistant starch or prebiotic foods or probiotic foods. So we'll talk in details about prebiotics, probiotics, not about supplements because it's still questionable how much of supplements make it into our gut through our digestive system, actually. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about fats, uh, beneficial for our guts and not beneficial for our guts or for anything in nature, as far as I know. Uh, we'll talk about bad guys. What compromises our gut balance a lot? What feeds the bad guys and that then outnumber our good guys that support our house? So this is what we are talking about till the end of the week. So stay tuned, guys, because... Our gut health is important. Again, the number of organisms living just in our gut, I'm not even talking about our skin and other places where uh, our bacteria and microbes live, they live everywhere. 
so till the end of this week, uh, sometimes I'm forgetting what I'm talking about before, uh, my thoughts are all over the place sometimes, but anyhow, guys, gut health, again, it is important for every single aspect of our health and our well-being. So today is resistant starch. What is resistant starch? Well, you know, you know what starch is? It's kind of like a carbohydrate that has, uh, that have those longer molecules uh, that takes uh, a little bit more time to digest from natural foods to uh, break down into simple sugars so like glucose that we can use then for energy uh, but those starchy molecules they're not all the same some of them are not really not the same when it comes to our human digestion so those are resistant starches so their molecules are just a little bit more different and when it comes to our digestion they cannot be digested by our stomach by our uh, digestive organs except they can be fermented in our large colon by the bacteria that lives there and so what happens when those bacteria ferment those starches by the way guys for those bacteria these starches are the best foods well when those bacteria ferment those resistant starches, they create short-chain fatty acids besides feeding themselves on the byproducts of that fermentation. They create short-chain fatty acids that our body can use for energy, but also specifically are healing for our gut cells in our large colon that helps to heal, to seal, to uh, make that large colon really robust part of our system. It helps to absorb us more nutrients. It helps to remove toxic substances much better. I mean, the science is still emerging, but we do know quite a lot. We do know that uh, by eating, fermenting that resistant starch, our gut bacteria produces short chain fatty acids. And also by eating that starch by the processes of fermentation, we do consume, we do absorb some of that starch as calories, but only about half or less depending on the on your digestive system, on your um, gut bacteria. So resistant starch is a kind of starch found in some foods in certain amounts that resist our digestion but is fermented by bacteria in our large colon. And so they produce, those bacteria produce short-chain fatty acids that you don't need to remember the name, but you need to remember that those short-chain fatty acids, they stimulate blood flow to our colon. They increase nutrient circulation, nutrient absorption, especially minerals like calcium. They inhibit the growth of pathogenic bacteria, and there are many in our foods and in our colon and in our body in general. Helps us, again, absorb minerals and detoxify uh, toxic compounds that we could be absorbing from different foods and different substances that somehow end up in our body. So, potential benefits of resistant starch through different mechanisms are many. And again, the research is still going on and it's far from over. So, improved blood fats, eating resistant starch foods rich in resistant starch can help us to improve our cholesterol. So it's not the eggs that you're eating. Maybe you just need to eat more resistant starch from natural foods. 
um, it um, resistant starch it helps to inhibits to inhibit through short chain fatty acids breakdown of carbohydrates in the liver, and that can increase utilization of your own fats for energy, better satiety. Uh, so resistant starch can help us to feel full. It can trigger release of certain hormones that reduce our hunger. Now, there are many of those hormones, but what I can, I can tell you from personal story, guys, the first time after many years, because I was so afraid of lectins and indigestion and gas, and so, you know, I didn't eat beans for quite a while, and beans are one of the foods that are, um, that are high in resistant starch. So I ate a meal of a can of canned beans with non-starchy vegetables, broccoli, some salad, greens. Before that, I ate fruit, then I waited to combine my foods well, and then I ate more vegetables and a whole can, 200 grams or about six ounces of, six, seven ounces of white beans. So I ate that meal and the totality of my calories was somewhere around 1100 calories. It's not a lot, especially if you were active, you know, it's not a lot. Um, but I just felt not hungry till the end of the day, even though I had that lunch about 3 p.m. I finished and then I just didn't feel like eating, like literally didn't feel like it. Uh, it's not because I wanted to stay on a low caloric diet or anything. No, I just didn't feel like eating. And uh, that meal, it supplied quite a lot of protein, about uh, 38 grams of uh, plant-based protein and uh, a lot of, of course, minerals and fiber and antioxidants and vitamins. But again, I did not feel hunger at all. And that was really surprising. And I felt kind of, you know, like really full of energy and warm. And um, as the research show, resistant starch might indeed increase metabolism and promote uh, more heat in the body, so to speak. So the body starts to burn more fuels for some reason. Anyhow, it worked. And as studies show, it works for a lot of people eating resistant starch for satiety. Better insulin sensitivity. Now, a lot of foods with resistant starch are higher in carbs. But if that food has more resistant starch, it actually will help your blood sugar to stay stable. Well, first of all, those foods with a lot of resistant starch, they have a lot of fiber, and that alone gonna slow down the digestion and release of fuels and sugars into our bloodstream, and that will slow down the release of insulin. Plus, a lot of resistant starch is not even digested, so the insulin response is gonna be diminished and delayed, and um, resistant starch also helps again to use to utilize fats for fuel so that might be another reason why our insulin is much lower then improved digestion guys yeah digestion flows so smoothly like the next morning you go so regularly and so smoothly then you'll be really surprised doesn't matter like how well you think your uh, digestive system is working right now if you are not eating resistant starch it just might get a lot better Better body composition. Since the resistant starch has less energy uh, than other starches, but it helps us to stay really, really full, consuming foods in resistant starch help us to eat less, and that helps us to uh, maintain healthy weight, to lose weight without counting anything or too much struggle and hunger. 
um, it keeps us hydrated because it helps to stabilize bowel movements and if you are having loose stools or having other troubles um, that causes you to lose a lot of water through your colon then um, resistance starch just might help with that and improved immunity that is also really important right now guys a lot of our immune power relies on our digestion on our foods and on the bacteria that lives in our gut they say like 90 percent of immune system is in our gut i don't know how they calculated that but it seems the more those resistant starches and fibers i eat the better my immune system works and that doesn't just mean to protect you from some bacteria or viruses what it actually also means is that helps you to balance out those autoimmune responses or sensitivities to foods that is that are basically or allergic reactions to foods that are basically your immune system is not being really well balanced and well tuned and so it overreacts to things in foods to different proteins or the compounds that are not really that are actually beneficial or benign and uh, we shouldn't have immune response to that or we shouldn't uh, attack our own body of certain compounds in our foods and so resistant starch it seems to help with that kind of bacterial balance immunity that also helps to reduce those autoimmune reactions allergic reactions and sensitivity sensitivities so where is resistant starch is found right well one food you know already beans uh, but also, you know, beans, legumes, starch, some starchy fruit and vegetables, uh, some whole grains, uh, some types of cooked and cooked foods, cooked and cooled foods like potatoes and rice. So let's get into details a little bit more. So, for example, when it comes to beans, like, like guys, how much of resistant starch you need? Well, they say people... Uh, today eat about three nine grams and that guys i think is a good estimation most people especially eating a lot of processed foods like eat none um three nine grams you'll be likely to eat that they say that in developing countries where people eat more natural foods they eat up to 30 40 grams of resistant starch only so um they say that more probably not too good because too much fiber can also trigger some reactions but anyhow guys so you need to have some <laughs> that's what we can all tell you so beans white beans have the most resistant starch per three per three four ounces 100 grams that's the unit of measurement we're going to use today so white beans in cans or cooked properly pr using pressure cooker would have about five grams of resistant starch um lentils are also quite high about four grams and then uh chicks chickpeas and peas um, would have about three grams three four and then kidney beans would have about the same so those are the highest in resistant starch beans um, bananas actually would also have quite a lot the greener the more resistant starch of course so approximately 100 grams of banana uh, would give you about three four grams of resistant starch again the greener the more you're gonna get then when it comes to cooked and cooled foods for example if we cook yams or potatoes or rice and then we cool them and eat them cool then the amount of resistant starch 
will be much higher whereas in just simple cooked potatoes it might be you know close to zero so when we cook and cool potatoes again three four ounces 100 grams it's about three grams of resistant starch um well it's cooked yeah and cooked and cooled uh yeah i'm just now reading uh, the database appropriately uh in cooked and cooled potatoes, you're going to get about 7 grams of resistant starch compared to just cooked, where it's about 3 grams. So that increases dramatically the amount of resistant starch. So basically, you have to cook your potatoes, you have to cool them, the same happens to rice or yams. So cook, cool them, and leave them cold. Because if you reheat them, you're going to again destroy some of that resistant starch. So it is... Uh, it is sensitive to temperature, guys. Just remember that the more you cook the food with resistant starch, the more of that resistant starch it loses. But when it comes to, for example, beans and peas and lentils, you can't eat them raw. You actually need to cook them with a pressure cooker, cook them really well to destroy a lot of stuff, to even make them digestible. So pressure cooking is the best for beans. Again, white beans, lentils are the highest, a little bit lower, chickpeas, peas, kidney beans. Um, grain that is the highest in resistant starch uh, um, is oats so oats guys depending on the way they were processed they might have up to 10 grams of resistant starch or them they might have have half of that if they are highly processed maybe even closer to none if they really really highly processed but when they're you know still rolled and or still cut you know there are so many names for oats these days um so the less processed your oats are the more resistant starch they're gonna have so again, remember, beans, 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 uh, just don't remember to pressure cook them. Or if you buy them in cans like I do, uh, make sure to once check with the brand that you're buying that they do pressure cook them. You can even call them up and ask them, guys, like, I'm curious, I'm interested in improving my gut health and I am curious how you cook your beans. So what do you do with them? Do you cook them under pressure or not? And they will know that they will have the answer for that. And once you know that they were pressure cooked, buy them safely. Just make sure there are no added sugars, no added preservatives. The beans that I buy, they have beans, water, and salt in their ingredient list. Um, and if you don't get, you know, that clean ingredient list and it has some tomato sauce, then just wash them in some sort of strainer that also works it probably not going to remove 100 percent of it but most of it for sure and that also that way you can um reduce the amount of sodium in those canned beans a lot so beans then bananas the greener the more resistant starch they we they would have uh oats are high in resistant starch the less processed they are the more resistant starch there is and cooking and cooling your yams, potatoes, and your rice would more than double, almost triple the amount of resistant starch in those foods. So eat some resistant starch, guys. Uh, you know, even if you are on a low-carb diet, uh, don't eat those fancy like foods and snacks with some weird sweeteners that still have some carbs in them and counting, trying to count net carbs. Instead, eat some beans that are highly beneficial for our gut. And most of that starch 
will feed our gut bacteria. It's not going to even affect your blood sugar or your blood glucose or, you know, the count of ketones uh, you have. So, yeah, guys, even if you're on low carb, even if you're on keto, try some of those resistant starch foods, especially I recommend to go for pressure cooked white beans. Uh, I recommend to go for cooked and cooled yams. And I do recommend to eat some oats uh, once in a while if you are into oats. Um, so that's it for today, guys. Here's your resistant starch. Get some and feed your gut bacteria so they ferment it and produce some short-chain fatty acid that will heal your colon. Because also, guys, a lot of you experiencing problems with your gut health, sensitivities, autoimmune conditions, it happens because... Your gut is kind of leaky, the lining of the gut is not maintained well, and a part of it, big part of it is you're not feeding that gut bacteria what they love the most, that those, you know, resistant starches, for example. So go get some today or as soon as, as soon as possible, and your gut box will thank you with a lot of health, energy, and much less troubles with your foods. Guys, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Go share this episode with one another person who might be just as equally excited about learning more about resistance starch and feeding our gut bacteria that outnumber our human cells 10 to 1 at least. So go share this episode, learn together, shop for resistance starch together, eat that resistance starch together. You know, together is always more fun, especially now with the social isolation and whatever. So... Eat some resistant starch, share this episode, eat some resistant starch together. And as usual, guys, thank you for tuning in. And till next time, eat better daily.